You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. One of our favorite things to do, uh, especially lately, is to check in with our missionaries around the world uh, and talk about uh, what their what their roles are and how the global pandemic has affected their work and maybe given them some opportunities to do some, some new things uh, and share the gospel with the people around them. Joining us today are John and Jen Wolf, who serve the Lord as missionaries in Kenya, where John serves as the Africa Regions Project Manager. Thanks so much for joining us today on The Coffee Hour. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So, uh, John and Jen, um, tell us about the work that you were sent to do, John, specifically as the project manager. What does that actually uh, mean? <laughs> a title generally means a little bit more <laughs> than, than what those words are. So tell us uh, what, what role you have as project manager in the Africa region. Certainly. Um, it's probably about five years ago that... Um, there was a need identified within Africa because of the continued growth of the Lutheran churches here. You have uh, two of the world's largest Lutheran churches in this continent. And the pastors were very busy uh, with managing all the things and didn't have the time that they needed to do theological instruction for all the pastors and churches that wanted to be, that were coming to the Lutheran church. And they needed a layperson to kind of oversee a lot of the different project activities. And it happened that we were looking at mission work about that time and was asked if I'd like to be a person to oversee all the projects across the continent of Sub-Saharan Africa. So that's what brought us here. And we, or I get a chance to work with uh, Lutheran churches in about 25 different countries uh, in this part of African Sub-Saharan Africa. Um, working with the church leaders, working with our missionaries in those countries, uh, helping develop relationships and helping them step through when they may be doing a project to um, start a seminary, uh, develop classes for students, uh, do mercy work. Um, and in this case right now for the COVID relief, been very busy with a lot of those things. So I get to work in a few different languages. As a family, we've got to learn Swahili, and I've had to learn French over the last couple of years because part of my work is in Francophone West Africa. And it means a lot to be able to talk with a pastor, talk with parishioners, congregations, communities in a language that's common because so many of these countries have um, many many languages, dozens of languages, and there may be one or two people that speak a common language in that area. Um, and to be able to develop relationships, it helps to be able to sit uh, with people, visit, spend time with them. Uh, relationship, Africa is very much about relationships. Uh, and I'm able to uh, do that work, uh, work in the background, and allow pastors the time that they need to be able to provide instructions to teach and uh, help others tell uh, Jesus, tell others about Christ. Hmm. So it's really similar to what we see in Acts chapter six. The those who are called to to make sure that the tables are being waited on, so the pastors can carry out their work of word and sacrament ministry. Well, can I tell you a, a short sure. little funny? We're sitting in the car. Hey, we need a name for our monthly newsletter. Yeah, what do we? 
I don't know. What do we do? We can't say like wolf pack in Africa. That's kind of dumb. Uh, what do we do? I don't know. Well, what kind of scripture is there? What can we use? And then like the scripture reading for the day was at chapter six. And the two of us just looked at each other and went, hello, sending seven. There's seven of us. So, and they look for seven deacons. And to there's, to do you know, I mean, realizing that not all seven of us are actually doing the, the physical work with the church bodies, but we are the six of us supporting the one who does that. So we're sending seven is our newsletter. That's cool. So wow, what a story. I love, I love (laughs) stories like that. So tell us about the, the community where you live and uh, well, first describe the community where you live and then uh, we'll talk about what the impact has been on that community, but what was pre COVID-19 like in your community? So we are in the outskirts of the city of Nairobi, the capital of Kenya, and it's a fairly bustling area. It's about 6 million people in the extended region. Well, and it's one of the most uh, internationally cosmopolitan cities in Africa. Mm-hmm. It's, it is not small town, middle Africa, or even middle Kenya. It, it's, got a lot different vibe to it than if we went to one of the other cities in Kenya. But it gives us a branching point to be able to travel to many of the other countries in Africa and to be able to get the visas and passports that we need. Um, and many people will live up country uh, in the rural areas, but they may work in Nairobi for their job, for their vocation. Uh, and then on weekends or on holidays, travel up country. Um, So fairly busy, lots of traffic. Um, What it is now, it's it's very quiet. Very quiet. (laughs) We have been on lockdown since, would you say March 13th was the last time you went in, Sarah? Mm -hmm. I I think it was about a week after that that they actually gave – they gave the curfew order for the whole country. So from 5 – or 7 p.m. to 5 a.m., nobody's allowed out. Um, there's a lot of people who break that, but um, but then about a week after that, or two weeks after that, they shut down Nairobi, and people in an, in Nairobi haven't been allowed out, and people who got stuck out of Nairobi haven't been allowed back since I think the beginning of April, I've lost count now, <laughs> but I think it was about the beginning of April. It's, it's been quite a bit. So we wear masks when we go out in public, only half the people can travel in the vehicle. One person can go to the grocery store with rubber gloves on. Yes. Um, maybe some businesses are closed. Grocery stores are still open. Um, we're still able to get food. Churches are closed though. Uh, schools have closed the 15th of September. No, or, uh, uh, March. Yes. Um, and it's been a long time. No one knows what month is it. Month it is. It's fine. (laughs) So it's things really slow down uh, quite a bit. Uh, The government attempted to do e-learning for a period of time because uh, school normally takes a break in the month of April and would have resumed in May. Um, But for those that don't have access to the internet, especially those in the, the rural areas, they may not have a device. Um, and if they did, they may not be able to afford the airtime to be able to use, um, the internet. 
Uh, and so e-learning really hasn't taken off much uh, for the, the Kenyan schools and schools will resume now uh, first of September. That's kind of the plan. Um, for us, uh, obviously I'm not going into the office and working home more often. We get to spend a lot of time as a family, but for my schedule too, it's uh, kind of nice that I'm not traveling as much. Uh, out of a month, a week of that time will be me traveling to another country or someplace within Kenya uh, to visit a church, uh, observe their projects, uh, check in and things. So it's been nice for me to have a lot less uh, traveling, being a lot more. It also gives them time to do the paperworky kind of things that don't get done <laughs> when you're traveling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been uh, avid consumers of Zoom. Our kids are using all, oh, doing all their activities uh, online now, dance classes, Boy Scouts, um, being with friends. Um, but the work hasn't slowed down. It's just taken a different form. Uh, things that we still have to do when it comes to um, communicating with church bodies, uh, being able to promote the project activities that are taking place, and that's part of my job as well. Is in order to have a project, there's funding that needs that's involved in that, and being able to tell the story, be able to share pictures, be able to invite people to be part of the work that's taking place in Africa, um, takes a lot of work in that part. So we're, we've been preparing a project catalog that we do each year, and uh, we'll be launching that uh, in July this next next month. So the work has continued. It's still been very busy. Tell us more about uh, how you've been able to still um, be in God's word and and also share the gospel still with the people around you, even in this uh, very changed situation. Um, I think one thing that's been nice for us is as a missionary team in Eastern Africa, we've been able to gather every morning for morning devotions. Normally we would not see each other, but maybe once or twice a year. And we have a couple uh, new missionary families on the field and um, they're uh, stuck in their location um, because they can't come back into Kenya right now, but they're in language training. And it's nice that we can incorporate our new members with our older members all together and be a larger missionary family on a daily basis and provide some um, support for each other. Um, we've- well, the, the other thing is that a lot of um, the churches, even, even though they understand that many members of their congregation don't have access to the internet, they still put out what they can. So like, Normally, when we can go to church, we go to the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Kenya's um, church building that's in downtown Nairobi, and we can't go right now, but the pastors there are doing a streaming live on Facebook every Sunday, and then one of them does devotions a couple nights a week, and so we promote what they're doing um, you know, I spend a lot of time on Facebook sharing um, what what they're doing because they're the ones out there doing the, the pastoral work. We're supporting them. Yeah, and, and, and quite a bit. We're supporting or have been able to help uh, 20 different church bodies in about 15 different countries during this period with uh, their needs of being able to reach out to their communities. Um, the same constraints we have here are 
being practiced in other parts of Africa, and it's difficult for churches to get together for pastors uh, to meet. Um, one pastor in Mozambique uh, has been making home visits directly to villages and baptizing children and um, visiting homes because they can't do large gatherings. Um, we, there are a few, three countries that are doing radio broadcasts because that's how they're able to reach out to the communities there. Some are doing uh, food relief and uh, CHE uh, training uh, and uh, procuring and distributing hygiene equipment, um, especially for those that may not have access to that. So maybe some refugee camps. It's, it's a trying time, but I'm amazed to see the creativity and the ambition that pastors have in this continent to be able to still share the gospel, to still tell people about Christ, to tell their salvation um, and not let that word uh, stop. Um, it, it's a blessing to be able to see that. I feel like you have more stories to share. It looks like we're almost out of time. Can you stick around for another segment? Would that work for you guys? Sure, sure. Okay, very good. Well, we're going to talk more with the Wolf family in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. Thanks to our underwriter, Concordia University, Wisconsin, for your support of The Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. We are talking with John and Jen Wolf, who serve the Lord as missionaries in Kenya, where John serves as the Africa region's project manager, talking about how uh, or what their what their roles are generally, and now uh, how that has shifted uh, some into some new things uh, now that the coronavirus pandemic uh, has affected their work. Before the break, we were talking about uh, the projects that have happened and how the uh, the, the response of different communities around. Africa. Uh, tell us more about the response of your local community uh, once the uh, quarantine happened and, and Nairobi was shut down. Uh, tell us more about that response of the people around you in your local community. All right. Uh, thank you, sir. And I think with our local community, there was um, within Nairobi, uh, efforts to be able to reach out and help people who didn't uh, have access to a lot of things. Um, well, know. actually, there's been a lot of um, a lot of people don't have work right now because uh, the you know like restaurants and stuff are closed down. A lot of foreigners went back to Europe, and uh, so domestic staff isn't. There's a lot of people who aren't working. And so the pastors here have done a lot of uh, work in trying to support the um, 
the members that come to them asking for help. Uh, and, you know, they kind of support that through reaching out to the congregation to encourage everybody to tithe digitally. Yeah, and the main people here um, will live from day to day. Uh, they may make their wage and then uh, use that to be able to buy the things that they need. And when those uh, opportunities for job employment aren't there, it makes it difficult for them to be able to pay rent or, or find food. Um, but a lot of people have gone back home as well, gone back to upcountry, where they may have farms, have shambas, where they have access to food. Um, for the church, uh, one of the things that we saw is that with one of the programs that we have uh, in Project 24, um, is a boarding facility program where uh, orphans and vulnerable children who may not have the opportunity to be able to go to school uh, are nominated by their pastors or congregations to be able to have an opportunity for one of the children in the family to be at a Project 24 center where they can attend school, receive three meals a day, um, and as some of these children say, live as any other Kenyan child. It's, it's uh, heartwarming and heartbreaking sometimes to be able to hear some of these stories that the, the kids have. And when the schools closed on the 15th of March, the children were sent home. Um, the site managers and the pastors started asking um, what they could do to support the kids and were making visits to the kids in their, ex their extended families. They may stay with a aunt or a grandparent um, and may have their siblings there if the child has lost one or both parents. So there's still that relationship, still that community that's taking care of this child, but it's not the direct parents. And site managers uh, in visiting the children um, came with the idea of using the resources that they had each month to be able to deliver food to the children. And this program, this idea grew into something that involved uh, the chaplains from the seven sites uh, and the bishops for the diocese, but then involve people that may not have been connected with these children um, that now live in various disparate locations, but there may be a pastor nearby or a deaconess nearby. And it's been heartwarming to see this team of people come together to be able to once a month deliver provisions to uh, Project 24 child and their siblings and a caretaker. Um, we've done this three times now and some places like even far north uh, Kenya and Turkana, where I've been a couple times, very hot, very dry. Uh, it's even hotter than some of the places that we've lived before. And to see a deaconess or a pastor up there now visiting the children in their community that may be part of the Project 24 program, whereas this deaconess may before not have been involved, but now she's avidly visiting the families. She's connecting with um, congregations and be able to tell people about Christ in a manner and getting into people's homes and communities that she may not have had the, the chance to do for before. So I'm seeing opportunities where the Lord is still using this pandemic to still spread the gospel. And it's amazing to be able to see that teamwork. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I, I hadn't really heard a whole lot about project 24. Um, it's, it's similar to, uh, how we might see a Lutheran school here in the States be the, the means by which a, a whole household hears the word of God as a child um, comes to a Lutheran school for primarily for an education and ends up hearing the word of God and bringing it into their home. And the whole family ends up hearing the word of God. 
It, it is. It is really that way. And because that family is part of a community, it's that community that hears about it. And that community becomes familiar with the chaplain or the deaconess that visits the community. And now you've got a community that is defending that child and looking out for that child as well, too. We see that uh, down in southern Kenya, the Maasai people are very much um, nomadic tribal people, but they're very protective and loving of their children. And to visit a minyata and walk inside a very small uh, mud stick home, but to know that these people know exactly who the child is that's going to the Project 24 Center and, the, and everybody in the community knows and they're there to support and to, um, to support the center as well. It's helped um, spread the gospel in various areas, but it's also helped this church come together, the, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Kenya come together as well. Um, we just had another project that started this last week, uh, L Lutheran Women's Missionary League last week, year in 2019 voted on a project that uh, supports water here in Kenya. And this is an individual chapter, not like the whole LWML. This is national LWML. Oh, it is a national. This is national LWML at the convention last year. And we're ready to begin this project, but we're geographically separated. We can't leave Nairobi at this point. Um, but that didn't stop the church from embracing this and said, let's start this. And we have used WhatsApp, a common social media platform for communicating. Well, there's an audio function to WhatsApp. And we connected three different people from different parts of Kenya uh, to be able to talk about this project. And um, there's excitement because that is something that can be done now to be able to help um, put uh, clean water systems and filtering systems into schools, even while the schools are uh, out of session right now. And so it, this, this project comes at a great time. And I, I'm pleased to see and watch the hand, Lord's hand move um, even during this pandemic. You mentioned I mean, that that's certainly a, a blessing that's come out of that, out of the, the circumstances of the pandemic. Are, are there other situations that you see as blessings that have resulted from the, the changes from the pandemic? Um, one, I think, I, deals with our connections back to the U.S. Um, we tend to use social media, like Zoom quite a bit, uh, and FaceTime, you'll talk with family and friends back in the U.S., but we've tried to connect with churches before in that manner, and some churches really haven't been familiar with it, but I bet Everybody is now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so. beautiful because now they understand why it's been important to us to try and perpetuate an, an internet connection, you know, because we do function in an out of sight, out of mind kind of way in the States in a normal activity. But now everybody's trying to come up with new ways to connect because mm -hmm. we can't physically connect. We I mean, had to go through some of these experiences in our past before. So I'm hoping that as, um, even churches come back into session that they will remember some of these skills so we can still connect and stay in touch with them. Mm -hmm. We have just about two minutes left. Uh, how can we pray for you? How can we support you uh, in your work now? Um, I, one, I would really say pray for Africa, pray for the churches here. Um, 
as much as there is creativity and the relationships there, uh, when the resources aren't there, it gets difficult uh, for people, and even more so than we would have in, in the U.S. Um, but I'd ask too that um, if our pastors are praying for the U.S. as well. They're praying for you. They're praying for our missionaries um, that we're able to continue the work that God has called us to here in Africa. Um, we have a couple ways if people are interested in learning more about Africa or about um, what the churches are doing during the pandemic, our international.lcms.org slash Africa webpage has a number of different articles and pictures so people can see firsthand some of these things like the Project 24, some of the activities in other countries. Um, and we've had some people ask, how can they support? And OIM has a mercy fund. Uh, it can give you the information, Sarah, if people want to support some of the work that's taking place in these 25 different countries, as I said, we're helping 20 churches in 15 countries. And uh, any help that people want to contribute towards that um, will help them to be able to continue sharing the gospel. Wonderful. And how can people uh, follow you uh, and learn more about your story? I know you mentioned your newsletter. Uh, mm -hmm. What are the ways that people can follow your story and the work that you are doing? So I think it's lcms.org slash john.wolf. And on there we have our blog and uh, people can sign up for our newsletter that way too. And if, if you want, you can go to Facebook and look for JJ Wolf lives in Nairobi. And I think there's a picture of him up there. Mm -hmm. yep. well, and well. he posts periodically. Periodically. Occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> John John is not a Facebook guy. No. <laughs> so he's learning. That's all right. <laughs> well, John and Jen, it has been wonderful having you on the coffee hour, uh, listening to your story and hearing about all of the work that you're doing in Africa. Thanks so much for being our guest today. Our pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Oh, 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 o